Welcome to the show. This week's guest, you might have heard her uh, released to radio back in 2018 with the single Bigger Glass featuring Gord Bamford. And as it turns out, you'll find out a little later on, looks like she might be teaming up with him again. Ooh, I'm intrigued. Cliffhanger. <laughs> Stick around. We'll tell you all about it. She'll tell you all about it. Danielle Bourgeau, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Living the dream, eh, Scotty? <laughs> you stole my line. <laughs> yes, living the dream. Uh, Danielle, I know that uh, 2020 has definitely been full of adventures for you because you've just moved not too, too long ago. But is this your second move this year? Well, actually, it's been a few different moves. Um, so I, I moved from Nashville and went to my cottage, started packing stuff up, then went back to Nashville, did the permanent move right before kind of London was born. And I moved to uh, Woodstock and was looking for a house and then found a house in March and bought a bought a little farmhouse. So yeah, Woo-hoo! I'm just I'm just outside of London in the country and and uh, living the dream. <laughs> yeah. Now you were saying before we were recording, you were saying that where you live, a lot of people use golf carts to get around. Oh yeah, yep, <laughs> yep. We have like the best neighbors. I mean, we have at, at the corner. I thought it was like and just like a really old person kind of thing there was this there's this really cute couple in their 80s and they just actually sold their house to move to like a little like trailer park type thing where they can and they upgraded their golf cart and I was like oh can I buy your golf cart and they were like sorry it's already sold so I was on the lookout for a while and you would not believe how many golf carts get sold during COVID like it was it was insane like everybody was selling out and well I mean it obviously made sense because the the golf courses we're not also giving getting rid of their older ones right so i mean it it was just crazy so this like couple um another older couple they had a one and it was obviously like a badass one right it had the lift kit had the off-roading tires i'm like man can i put like some gnaws in this and like get it get it ripping the fast and the furious golf cart edition (laughs) so Everything has a price, so I was like, made an offer, and uh, they took it. So, yeah, we've got a cool little golf cart. The kids love it. Forget the quads. Golf carts are where it's at. (laughs) Well, we have sleds and stuff, too, but... We just, uh, we like the golf cart for the girls because they're still young and it's it's a little more safe. I know that um, you, you, you're you an outdoorsy girl anyways, and so you're probably really loving your location now because, you know, you're a little bit more secluded. You've got a little bit more privacy with you and your little fam, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. It's, I, I told you before, I think I manifested this place. It was exactly what I've always pictured in my head. And, um, like, I mean, it's got, it's got spots where it's like needs a little fixing up, but it's nice to make it our own. And, um, we're just, we love it here. It, it is nice. It's quiet. We've got a cool bonfire pit right in our front yard. Like our yard, our front yard is, is huge. So it's, it's really cool. Who cuts we're their ass? <laughs> <laughs> well, usually we, we both cut the grass, but, uh, sometimes when life gets really busy, We've got a lot of guys around our area that just want to make a quick 20 bucks. So 
a lot of the kids and stuff, they'll just mow your lawn if, if you're running late, which is honestly with three kids and four dogs, life gets crazy. And, uh, I mean, Chad works a few jobs. I work a few jobs. So it's, uh, it's a lot. Danielle, tell us a little bit about uh, what is going on with you. I know that you've got a new project in the works. Yes, I do. So we've been waiting to nail down a date. Everything's been kind of postponed before. Um, so I didn't really talk about it much because I just I needed to have that secure date. Um, but this is the first time I'm actually talking about this. So this is kind of special. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to be going to De- um, in December to Calgary. And uh, I get to do a brand new record and I've put a lot of time into this and I still haven't even nailed down the for sure songs because it's been so hard and I feel like I've gotten kind of once in a lifetime opportunity chance because I just just so happens um Gord Bamford's going to be producing this record cool so yeah so I'm, I've been just like you know, I want everything to go perfect. I want to make sure it's it's totally authentic. It's it's one hundred percent me. Um, obviously, like I feel like the music's kind of went from a little bit of a party girl to a little more of a mature outdoors lifestyle that um, I think will shine through through the music. And I mean, there might be some. There's, there'll definitely be some edge, but I think like I think it's going to be very versatile and a little different from the last record. So I'm excited. Well, and this is not the first time that you've worked with Gord either, because you released the single "Bigger Glass" back in 2018 with Gord as well. So uh, you guys already know how to work together. Yeah, yeah. I was really lucky to go on the honky tonk and dive bar tour with them, and. Um, I think that's kind of what opened a lot of doors. Uh, he did mention that he was, you know, pretty impressed with the work ethic. Uh, just, just the fact that, you know, I didn't, I didn't really sleep. I, I literally like did the show. We would eat after. We'd have a couple drinks after show. We would settle, and then I would be up at like six, getting a cab from the bus to the next radio station. Um, every radio station I could hit on tour, I got up and I made sure I made it an appearance, whether we were live recorded or if it was just a meet and greet. Um, I just, you know, it's it's so important in the music industry to pay pay your dues, and it's been something I've been doing for a really long time and I finally feel like you know it's paid off well that's amazing and it is it is so true I mean work ethic just uh in general is important but especially I think in this industry as well I mean you really have to put the hard work in oh for sure for sure I mean I definitely don't have millions of dollars behind me and it's been a, a very like authentic I think grow in the industry for me from from the people I've learned from at a young age and doing the bluegrass scene and then kind of learning from from people like you know the good brothers and looking up to kind of the way that they were and even just even lately I mean working a lot with with Michelle Wright and stuff listening to her stories and and how much work was put behind it especially back then when they didn't have the social media outlets which I'm 
already, I will be first to admit, I am awful with social media. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a one thing I've always been, you know, you got to get on social media. You got to do this. I hate it. I absolutely like feel like sad when I see how much time it tells me I was on my phone in one week. I'm like, what? Like that's so wasted. <laughs> but, yeah. but now sometimes like on the weekends, I, I will lose my phone and I will not see it for like almost a day and a half. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. Cause sometimes because it I'm takes so, you, sometimes it takes yeah. you like two days to text me back. So <laughs> I know that to be true. Yeah. No, it's, it's like, <laughs> Especially if I'm like traveling around or doing stuff um, and having a baby. I mean, it's just she's she is amazing. This kid is so smart. She's already saying words. She's been singing and humming since she's been like three months. Um, It's she's just such a cool mellow child I got really lucky with an easy kid because I can sit there and like write music and pull up my guitar and she'll just like sit there and listen or sit there and play with a toy and watch me and uh, always smiling. She's not, you know, a whiny baby other than when she's teething at night. That's like the only time she like cries is in the middle of the night when her teeth are coming in. Okay, but you know that's a ruse, right? Because it fools you into having another one. And then the second <laughs> yeah. one is a holy terror. <laughs> well, you know, with we have two other girls half the time as well cuz Chad's two little ones. So, um, yeah, I think I think we might be done. Yeah. But you never know. You never know. But I mean, I I definitely want to focus now again like I the first year was so important to me to like get organized and make sure like there was a roof over me and and baby's head you know it it was it's funny because like that's how I grew up was was just being in a secure loving home and and I'm like oh my god I've been a gypsy for like 10 years in Nashville Mm. And just kind of decided every 12 months if I wanted to like up my lease or find a cheaper place to live. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to like move back, save money for six months, try and buy a house. And that was not easy being, um, getting approved, like being outside of the country for so long. Mm-hmm. And especially like our, us publishers, right? We're on a draw. So we, we don't, until we've actually fully, have showed income for a song right you don't get taxed on that until you've made that money like officially made that money not just have an advanced draw so it's it's very hard to like prove stability and 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 everything but got i found a really we found a really great guy and he he got us this house so i i prayed and prayed and prayed that this house would work and uh, then I realized why the first one fell through, and I was just so blessed to find this place. I mean, we couldn't be happier. So, and now you're exactly where you're supposed to be, right? Exactly, it is. It, I mean, it's it is very. I've been very in touch. I feel like with the universe lately. I I think this like COVID stuff has put a lot of people in tune with like themselves and nature and everything around them. And, and, uh, it's kind of slowed down life. And, and I've seen a big, I mean, obviously it's awful that 
a ton of people are, I mean, especially the music industry. I mean, there's, there's so much bad about it and a lot of people are hurting, but I'm trying my very hardest to, you know, see the, the best in, in everything. And, and I see like so many families, like they look happier. It's, it's weird. I don't know if it's cause like they're not working as much or what, but I just, it feels like people are enjoying themselves with their family. Like, I don't know. I find the same thing, Daniel. Yeah. I think that, like, you know, for me, especially, um, just not having to go out and play shows, and, and phrasing it that way is weird, because I do love going out and playing shows, but not mm-hmm. having to go out and play shows has allowed me to um, spend time doing other things. And so that's, you know, investing time with my family and with my friends, um, distanced, obviously, but, um, yeah. but quality time has really gone through the roof as has, uh, my ability to work on other things. Right. So I just feel like, at least for me, I'm more fulfilled in both my work life and my personal life. Me too. Right. Um, and, and it's weird to be like, I have said this a number of times and I don't know if I've said it on the podcast yet, but, but I feel weirdly grateful, uh, for the pandemic because it's allowed me to do a lot of these things that I just normally wouldn't have had a chance to do. I agree. I couldn't agree more. And I think if everybody actually takes a minute to figure out how to make it work, they can do it. They just have to be, it's just all mindset, right? It's just like, okay, I've got to set my mind to it. I mean, it was, it was really, really tough losing the money that all of us have been, you know, losing for, for not doing live shows. And, and, uh, I mean, you're not selling your merch, you're not doing your live shows, you're not showing your face. You're worried if, I mean, I had so many things like, I was like, Oh my gosh, I was just building momentum. And now, you know, this and, but you know what, it worked out perfect for me. Cause I, I just had a baby and I got to enjoy every single moment of that time. And I was so inspired to sit at home and just pull up my guitar and not be forced in a, in a room to write, yeah. but like actually like organically things would come to mind. And, you know, I, I get to still do zoom calls with, amazing writers in Nashville and, and have that kind of, it's not the same, but it is, uh, it's, we're very lucky just to have that option, obviously. And then on top of it, I, I started a skincare line and I, and I absolutely love it. Like I never would have thought I would have done any type of sales online. And all my girlfriends were like, Oh, 2020, if you're not (laughs) sales, you're losing out, you're going to miss out. And, um, when I was pregnant, there was like, I was very picky about toothpaste and this and that. So I was giving my girlfriend all this business. She's like, you're not doing this. You need to sign up and and do it. So I, I got over my darn self and said, okay, I'm going to try it. And, uh, it was weird, you know, like you get scared kind of jumping out of music once you're, once you're in music, right? You're just kind of like, oh, I don't want to not not do music because I don't want the people to think I'm giving up or I don't want people to think that I'm hanging up like, you know, my skates and calling it a day. But it it wasn't like that at all. Actually, it opened even more conversation, more opportunity and a heck of a lot of uh, basically getting together with friends over, over online that I haven't talked to in years and them booking shows for the future. And I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. You don't ask, like you ask the universe to help you. And I swear it, it just, it happens. 
So let's talk about the writing for a second, Danielle. You mentioned, you know, when you are forced to just kind of be on your own, that changes the dynamic of writing just by nature, the fact that you are alone and you're not taking appointments. Like writing in Nashville is appointment based. You show up at 10 o'clock, you know, or two o'clock or whatever time you write is. You <laughs> yep. sit in a room for three hours, whether you know the person or not, you try to, you know, hammer out a song. And it is, it's, it's very craft based, which is one of the things that I do love about Nashville appointment writing. But when it comes to just sort of sitting in your room by yourself with your baby, how does that affect your writing? Because you're probably not doing it all of the time as you would be doing it in Nashville, right? You, you'd pick it up when the mood yeah. strikes, right? So how does that affect your ability to write a song and how has it affected um, the songs that you've created since the pandemic hit? You know, I think in a positive way, I haven't been doing it as much. So the stuff that I'm doing, it's not like quantity, it's quality. Uh, like I think it's, I think the songs are actually stronger Maybe because I'm not forcing to just get it done. I mean, I've been always that kind of person that will write a song and I'll go back and I'll change it a bunch of times. Yep. If I'm writing for an artist, it's easy for me because I'll say like, do you like this? Do you like that? And they're like, I like that. I like this. I want to say this. So I know what they want to say and I help them say it because maybe that's what they're stuck on. Where this is different because I'm I've been sitting back and I've been kind of writing for me and it's been really therapeutic. Um, if I'm up, if I'm feeling like sad and and I miss my friends or I miss like whatever, I'll write a song about that. If I feel like, you know, I want to write with, well, last week I was writing with, uh, Patricia Conroy and, um, Emily and they, we were on a Skype together and, uh, they said like, you really can tell in your photos that you're so in love and, uh, you need to write a love song. And I said, you know, I just, I don't write love songs. That's not me. That's not what I do. I don't even like writing love songs with other artists. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I said, but I had this idea um, just with everyday life. And uh, we kind of wrote the song and it was called, I don't write love songs, but it's a it's about, it's about if I did, I would say all these things. And it's literally everything that we've done together as a family throughout the whole pandemic. And uh, Chad is like one of those people that are just like always happy and I'm an Aries. So like I have my days where I'm just want to be alone and, and I have my days where I'm like introverted and, and when I'm, when I'm not. So he, he's good at, you know, always pulling out the, the fun side of me and he'll like dance across the kitchen floor and we'll always have our own family dance parties in the house and stuff. But it was just literally, I just told them my story and what I've been doing. And, and this song just kind of like built itself. And I would have never wrote that song if, if I was probably sitting in Nashville in a room, we'd probably be talking about like a honky tonk, a smoky bar, getting her done. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I think, I think that this, this record is going to be a little bit different. I, I, I've told Gord already. I'm like, you know, I know that he, he wants to have it very like radio ready and only wants radio songs. And that's what he wants to like, that's where he wants to really, put his foot down because he's investing in this project and, and he wants to get into producing. And, and I've just been so thankful that he 
trusts me and, and my vocals and everything to do this project with him and be his first like artist that he's produced other than himself. So for me, I'm just kind of like, Oh my gosh. But I, I'm, I keep telling him about his older songs and like how I want it to sound. And he's like, Oh, we'll get that sound. We'll get that sound. But some of the stuff he sends me is super pop. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be really interesting because he, he believes like a good song is a good song and we can produce it however we want and however country we want. So I'm really, uh, I'm really excited for, for this challenge. It's, it's definitely been a different way of writing because I've just, I've only heard these songs, not with a loop track in Nashville. It's like me and my guitar on my cell phone doing a work tape. So he hears something on his end and I'm hearing something totally different on my end. So it will be pretty cool. And, and I mean, his, his players are pretty darn good. So I'm excited to, to get in a room with, with all of them and, and, uh, record this in December. That is, uh, that's soon. Holy cow. Yeah, December. I know. So how, so how many songs do you have that you're going to sift through is part A of my question. And part B is, have you found that since falling in love, having a baby, uh, you know, being a mom, that that has changed the kind of songs that you write? Yes and no. Like, I still love a good party country girl song. Um But I've been going back and forth and back and forth. I think that there's still a whole lot to be said about the last two years of my life. And I guess I kind of want to fill people in on a lot of things. And um, there's like one one song that I absolutely love. And I'm pushing. Gord really loves it, too. And he's like, you know, it could even be a duet, possibly. Um, It's one song I didn't write. And this song, I walked in this was the last show at Bobby's Idol Lounge. You guys know that place. I love I was so sad when they shut down. (laughs) And I, that's where I used to go in for my like $2 PBRs. I went in, (laughs) oh my gosh. And, and all, you know, Eric Church's like main writers are sitting up there playing these songs. And this one guy sings this song. And I swear it was written about me and and my dad and his like basically like his coat that I would wear up at up north of the cottage that I kept in my in my closet and I'd put it on and I remember I even said to my to like my mom uh, or I think well maybe it was my mom or my sister but I I just like I loved wearing his jacket and I felt like I always had his arms like wrapped around me when I put this coat on and and this song, it was called Carhartt Coat, and I'm telling you, like, when you put it on, it's like a time machine, gets me thinking about him and me. And I I just, like, my, the whole time the guy was singing it, I was like, I need this song. And everyone was like, oh, forget it. Like, he, he holds his songs, like, only Eric Church and them cut it. And I just went up to him and I was super, like, straight face. And I was like, <laughs> I need that song. I ha- What? can I do to have that song? What do I pay to have that song? And, um, he was like, he basically like smiled and that was that. And and my co-writer was in the room and just so happened she knew me and she told him about like the way I work and how hard I've worked there for eight years and where I, what I was trying to do and my story about my dad. And before he, she could even finish, he had like tears in his eyes and he's like, give her the song. 
Wow. Yeah. I recorded it and I sent it to him. I was like, is this going to be okay? I just wanted to do a demo, make sure I do it justice. And he was like, wow, it's your song. So when I played it to Gord, he was like, wow, like this is a deep song. It's great. But like, I don't think radio is going to play it. And I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe like, but I was, but I always go back to thinking about those house, like the, you know, uh, the house that built me and, and, uh, Cam's song, um, burning house. Like nobody thought we're going to be played as much as they, they were on the radio. So I've got to just like, sometimes you got to go with your gut. And that was like, that was, that was the ballad for me. I was like, this is the one, this is what we're doing. So I love that that happened at Bobby's too. That's just such a cool story. Great story. So, uh, if, if you have not been to Nashville and you're listening to this, Bobby's idle hour was this little dive bar, uh, Mm -hmm. on music row. And I've only actually, the funny thing is I've only been in there one time and I played with Callie McCullough and Ryan Sorstad, who are my, I love her. Callie's great. And Ryan and I have written a bunch. So it was the three of us on this round at Bobby's idle hour. Uh, and it was maybe, I don't know, two or three months before they closed. But it was just, it was this wonderful experience. Um, and the thing I love about Nashville, um, as opposed to up here, is that the writing round environment is just so much fun as a performer. Because you Oh, yeah. Write and everyone it, respects. A hundred percent. So playing around at Bobby's where you right where you're in there drinking your two dollar PBR and you're listening to this song. I can smell it. I can see it. I can feel it. Um, oh, and yeah. I just I, I love that story. So I'm I'm so stoked. And also, I'm very excited that you're you're recording a song that is not made for radio necessarily. I just think that's so important. And and I mean, country music is built on songs like that. You know, the house that built me and burning house. And I mean, that those are song of the year songs. And so I'm super stoked that you're cutting a song like that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, you know, I played when was it? I think it was June 2018. I I got that was the last time I played Bobby's and uh, I got to go up and play. I didn't know who was going to be in. I just got I got invited by Austin Jenks to go up and 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 do a round and I'm sitting there and it was Ryan Larkins and James Otto. Cool. And I'm like, Oh, that's going to be an amazing round. And they're like, (laughs) Oh, you're, you're up with James. And I was like, what? And I just like, I sat up there and, he would play all the songs that I knew. And I kind of was like (laughs) totally fangirling. And I'm like looking over and, and I was like singing along the harmonies, like, go ahead, sing them. And I'm like, okay. So like, <laughs> I just sing all these like songs that I love. And uh, oh man, that was such a cool, I love that place. Me I too. really, truly love that place. Oh my gosh. Did you ever and play Blue Bar? I did. I have played Blue Bar, yeah. I used, oh, man, I've done a ton of rounds at Blue Bar. It was you guys a, are yep. Nashville geeking out right now. I know, I know. <laughs> totally are. Blue Bar I was so I much fun. I think I played almost like every kind of writer's round type place from like the listening room and Belcourt and the bluebird yep, and yep. the i didn't i didn't make it to the ryman but yet no That's one right. day yet <laughs> tell me about your bluebird experience oh okay well um i wrote a song with roxy dean and uh i think it was black river entertainment was 
the guy loved the song. And so he just basically invited me out to, to play the bluebird. And I obviously said yes. And, uh, just sang, sang and played there. And you know what? I was like, it's so weird. I was thinking in the back of my head. Cause I kept hearing that week that Steven Tyler was in town and I'm like, come on, like, just, just show up, man. Just come in and show up and make my year. <laughs> and uh he didn't but there was amazing people like kendall marvel i got to meet him and um that and then leslie satcher was there who mm. i totally stalked for like <laughs> years i years until she like we wrote we were writing on a regular basis like every month like she's my she is my girl but I'm telling you, it took me like a few years to nail that one down because I was like, come on, like just write with me. And she, she just was a hard one to get to. And then as soon as uh, we rewrote our first song, she, she's, she is awesome. I love Leslie Satcher. She's just been one of my all time favorite writers since, you know, I was younger too, watching her and Marv Green and a bunch of people play the bluebird when I used to just go there for trips but, um, so yeah, anyway, the next day I look on, on social media cause I get a tag from Bluebird. They had a picture up of me and Roxy singing the song and they literally, the next picture was Steven Tyler. I was like, Stop <laughs> it. he went the next day and they pulled him up to sing in the round. I'm like, and I'm telling you, I was there for eight years and I must've just missed this guy every time. Like I worked at the peg leg porker and <laughs> peg leg and, porker is like, so good. And literally. Yeah. <laughs> and like Carrie, Carrie and Dresch, the, the, the two like main men there, they were like, Oh my God, Danielle, you work so hard. Take a night off. I'm like, okay. So I was done salt in the butts and decided, <laughs> salt in the butts. Yeah. Wash my, <laughs> wash my hands. <laughs> and then I left. So, uh, so uh there might have been like a couple fireballs then i left and, and i went and hit the town well the next day i'm like why is there a picture of steven tyler wearing a peg leg porker shirt on his social media get sitting, out of here sitting underneath the pine street flats where i used to live and they're like oh yeah he came in and uh... i'm like what do you mean he came in and you didn't call me and they're like i just didn't i just didn't think about it you're not you're never care when like when like Jack White and other people come in and you serve them, like I care about Steven Tyler. Like one day, it's like the universe knew you couldn't handle it. It's, that's, <laughs> oh man, the world a, would implode. Yeah, that's that's such I a know. Nashville story. So normally I edit out. So my phone beeped or my laptop beeped that I had a message, and normally I'll edit that out. But this is just too funny. Um, so I, we were just talking about that round that we did at at Bobby's Idol Hour. So uh, Callie and Ryan and I have played. A, a ton of rounds together down there, uh, Belcourt, Blue Bar, Bobby's, whatever. And the text message that you just heard a few minutes ago was Callie sending me a picture of me and Ryan and her doing a round at Blue Bar, like literally 30 seconds after we talked about it. It's too, oh. too freaky not to mention. Wow, you put it out to the universe, see? Weird. I'm telling you, it's been very, I've been very in tune with it. I've been, my align, I'm, I'm like in line with the universe right now. So everything I've, I've, I've asked for it's, it's come and 
it's weird when I talk to people, a lot of that stuff happens. Danielle, earlier you mentioned bluegrass. Let's talk about bluegrass for a second. How did you come up in that world? You mentioned the Good Brothers. What was their uh, contribution to the uh, development of Danielle? And uh, uh, how did you yeah. then transition out of bluegrass and into country music proper? Okay, so my dad was in a bluegrass band called North of the Border. So they toured with the Good Brothers. And my dad was a mandolin player and his brother was uh, also, they both they were both like the front men. They both sang and he played guitar, uh, my uncle played guitar. And uh, they were really, really good. And they, they had uh, Basil who plays bass and blue rodeo. And they had, uh, they had a few different guys like... Well, Bruce Good, who's like the goods are a good, 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 good. <laughs> That's a lot of good. So they're good friends of my family as well. So uh, I've always called, actually, Brian. I've always called him my uncle, and and I used to always sneak in like when I was super young at all the CCMA like award shows and stuff backstage, and they'd be like. Um, ma'am you can't be in here and i'm like oh i'm here to see my uncle bruce and bruce would see me and go oh there's my niece danielle but yeah like his family is just phenomenal and uh yeah so i guess i was kind of just born into the music industry kind of like that i mean there's so much there was so much bluegrass in richmond hill where my parents grew up and um i remember when i was i'd play underage with fake id my name was zuza lipa <laughs> It was like a little bluegrass spot and they used to have like the best people every week. And, and, uh, so that's how I met like Wendell Ferguson and John Diamond and all those guys. Cause I would be getting up with them when I was 14 years, 15 years old and playing sets with them. So that's kind of like how I started. And then they just asked me to do like festivals and fairs and, so yeah, it just, I, it was cool. I got to go to these things and they'd call me up for a set and, that's just kind of how it went. And then I'll never forget on Gordon Lightfoot's 60th birthday, um, I was invited to that. And it was um, Terry Clemens, who was his guitar player for forever. Um, he invited me, him and his daughter took, took me to Massey Hall. And this was right after Gordon had his stroke. And he had a very personal show i mean he talked about everything in between like people were crying people were standing up it was just a very magical show and i got to go backstage after and and go to a 60th party with him and uh terry said come here danielle and he he pulled me up on stage at massey hall and i just remember that feeling like of him and everybody like cheering and clapping and it was like so insane. I swear I felt like my hair on my arms like grow out of my goosebumps. Like it was insane. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And uh, he just said, you know, keep, keep working hard, kid, because one day this will be you. And I think that was the actual moment. I was like, I'm not doing anything else. This is what I'm doing. That's bananas, though. Yeah. And I remember it. Like I remember it like it was yesterday. And you were how old? Probably 15. That's wow. nuts. You have so many stories for somebody as young as you. That is crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> but, you know, it, it it's I've just known them all for for so long. Sure, and, sure. Uh, and it was really cool because like not too long ago um, after I had 
London, I think, or maybe I didn't even have them yet. Um, Tom Cochran did that show and uh, he invited me to go out to Tweed and I couldn't make it because I'm pretty sure I was like due that weekend or something. And um, anyway, yeah, he ended up sending me a picture of him and Gordon together and I was like, oh, what are the odds? I wish <laughs> I could have been there. But it's it's really cool that uh, you can work with all these people and and they just, they're just people, you know, it's, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's such a close family. And I was just going to say that. Yeah. It's, it's the coolest family in the world, isn't it? And I'm so proud and happy and blessed to be like a part of a circle with such hardworking musicians who literally worked from just playing bar to bar to bar, like living off what they made that night to get to the next spot. And, uh, I've been totally okay with doing that and, and every little experience. And I always go back to the, the whole quote from Steven Tyler that it's enjoy the journey. It's not about the destination. So, and I don't want to miss a thing. Except unless you're Danielle and you miss Steven Tyler uh, when he comes. I know. Come on, Steven. Where are you? I'm putting it out there in the universe. (laughs) Peg leg porker of all places. Uh, Danielle, we've got a segment on the show called Turn Us On, and this is where we get you to turn us on to something that you've recently discovered that you just can't live without. And it could be anything from a movie you've seen, a series you're watching, uh, an artist you've discovered. Maybe a book you've read or a recipe that you've discovered that you uh, cook for your family. Okay, I'm going to talk about my Lumi Spa because that thing changed my skin. I don't know about you guys, but I've noticed as soon as I hit like the 30s, I've noticed four headlines and half like well smiling lines i guess you're, what are they crow's feet or whatever Laugh lines yeah yeah yeah. laugh lines yeah i've earned them but uh anyway so my girlfriend put me on this thing because i was like well i'm so tired i you know i'm breastfeeding whatever and i just feel like i've i've aged and um she was like no your skin's just tired you need to you rejuvenate so i use this thing and if you go on my facebook you can see it like it is crazy. I don't wear makeup. So when I try, I was like, well, I don't really need that. Cause I don't really wear a lot of makeup and stuff. And she's like, Oh no, no, no. You're going to, you're going to see a difference. So I use this stuff and my pores have shrunk. My skin is pretty much even. I don't have any breakouts. I feel like I've literally, I'm aging in backwards and I, and it's cheaper than Botox. So like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy about it. So if people it, want to hit you up about that product, how do they do that? Oh yeah, they can just message me. Um I'm offering it till like the next month for cost just cuz I want people to have this opportunity to have something so great. And I don't know if you guys know much about Clydal Silver, but I couldn't live without that. And that literally for I put every even like Chess Anthony, like all those guys, whenever they sing and they feel like they're getting sick, I'm like, take some colloidal silver. You will be like fine in a day. And uh, it is the best antibacterial thing in the world. They spray airplanes with it. That's how good it is at killing germs. And um, and uh, they put this antibacterial thing in my Lumi Spa. So in the medical grade head, 
there's actually that. So you, when you wash it, you don't have to like wash it. You just literally put it underneath the tap and rub it with your thumb and boom, it's clean and your face is clean and it's, it's pretty cool. And I did it with a strawberry. So, and the strawberry was like polished, clean, all the little holes were clean. And the other one that I just washed with my hand was not. And that's the reason why we have pores. Like, I didn't know that. I thought you just, everyone has pores. You know what you should do? And- Remember that song called Poor Me by uh, Trick Pony? You should do a, you should do a, a parody <laughs> of that. Poor me. Poor me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Clever. I don't care the who you are. The first time that's I good. was ever in Bluebird, they played that song. Oh, nice. I, I think every night at the Bluebird was like a special oh it's just night back then i feel like it's changed a little bit like it's not it hasn't i don't want to say it's lost its magic but it was just it i feel like it was it the tension and the energy is a little more like because it's so congested and everybody's like waiting in line for hours and it used to be like our little musician secret right we just totally. go there and yep. slide in and oh man that show nashville just i was just gonna say yeah as great as the show was it has really kind of taken over some of our haunts yeah it's i mean it's there's places in nashville that feel more like la than than nashville now and i was really sad when broadway started like switching it up and and uh like all these like amazing that's why when i go like please support Layla's Layla is amazing. Support Layla's go to, Oh, Roberts is my, my dad and I's favorite. That was our favorite spot to go. Like I'd go for my co-writes and I, and I'd come back and get him and he'd have like, be sitting there with his bloody Mary listening to a big smile on his face to like real country music. When when uh, full moon and the wheel closed, I was, I was legitimately sad. Oh, I know. I know. It was really sad. Did you did you go and listen to a lot of the bands at Full Moon Slew? Oh yeah. When I first went to Nashville, um so I, I started going down in two thousand and five, but then I moved down in about twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen and I I was just living down on Broadway basically. Like I would go down and I didn't know anybody. I would just go wow. and, you know, go meet people and and uh I I met this drummer who kind of took a liking to me and I I was like, listen, if you are playing and you you know the singer wants somebody to come and sit in, just text me. I'll be down here and I'll come and sing. So I went and I did that. That's uh, awesome. For weeks. Like I would just go down there and I I'd, you know, sing a few Haggard songs, a few Alan Jackson songs, and I'd nice. move on to the next to the next bar but I don't know Broadway's changed like I used to when I first would get to town if it was daylight sometimes I would get there at you know three in the morning but if it was if things were kicking I would drive down to Broadway and park in front of like the stage Oh yeah, which you can't even do anymore. You can't park on nope. Broadway. Nope, can't even like drive through it. I know it's goofy, spot. but I would go so down weird. and I'd park on Broadway pull my guitar out of my car and just go sit in with a band somewhere. And it was just, it was so much fun. And that doesn't really exist anymore. It's turned into uh, sort of the new Vegas. But but see, you guys have all of these amazing memories of, of you know, the good old days of Nashville. It's funny, though. Like, yeah. I feel like part of me laments that, though, for people who are going to Nashville for the first time. Who ha- won't be able to experience it Who won't be able to do it way. that way. Yeah, That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I mean, places still exist. Like, you know, Music City Bar and Grill is is a place that uh, Callie and I go to all the time. You know, nice. the Music yeah. City Playboys are, are 
terrific. So, you know, real country still exists down there, but it's it's just a different kind of ball of wax. Okay, Danielle, we've got one more segment for you before we let you go. It's called Five Questions. So the first right. question, song you wish you wrote. Oh, geez, that's a good one. I'm thinking in two different ways. I'm thinking like 70s and then I'm thinking like new new songs. Like, what do you want, new or old? First one that pops in your head. <laughs> First one. Honestly, House That Built Me nice. was a great one. Yeah. All right. What about uh, three women you would choose to go on tour with? I would probably pick uh, Megan Patrick because mm-hmm. she's a good time. Uh, you know what? I would, I'd love to go out on the road with Callie too because she's, <laughs> it's, she like pulls some like organicness out in and I I cannot wait to write with that girl. Oh, she's such a nut uh, job. You're gonna love her. <laughs> and how about Ashley McBride? I listen. I'm going to that tour. It's no kidding. <laughs> pretty badass. Uh, my questions have a bit of a theme, Danielle. Uh, okay. The first one is. What is your favorite Good Brothers memory? One that I can actually say on air, though, right? (laughs) That's because I could probably say a few. I have my share of them, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There was this little Irish pub and uh, we were playing Unplugged. We had our buddy Lou on stand-up bass and we had it super organic. And we did um, The Weight and I did it with... uh, Brian and Bruce, and we had three-part harmony. And I remember, I think there's even a photo of it. And Brian and I were singing in the same microphone. And um, I just remember everybody looking so happy. I I could cry thinking Mm. about this feeling. Everyone was so close together in this little bar. Everybody was singing it together. The people's faces were so excited when they saw the Good Brothers in the crowd and like we called them up and it was just really, well, I shouldn't say we called them up. It wasn't even my show. It was like uh, Wendell Ferguson and John Diamond and um, Lou Moore and and they they ended up saying Danielle Bourgeau's in the crowd and the Good Brothers in the crowd. We can't not bring them all up. So let's let's do a song together. We did this song. And everybody was singing along. And I just remember also like looking over at my dad and he just had like the biggest smile on his face because it was like probably it was just very close to home and 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 uh, just probably brought him back a lot of memories. There's been a lot of good, good things, but that one was just a warm feeling that I'll never forget. What is a stage that you wish you could play a bucket list stage for you to play on? Grand Old Opry, for uh, sure. And my final question for you is, uh, what is your favorite Wendell Ferguson memory? Oh, Wendell. Well, there's a lot of them. He sent me back this one time. I asked him to do some guitar, and he tracked a whole track and gave it back to my producer. And it was off off key and then it ended <laughs> i have to send it to you i'm gonna find it send it, it was me. off key and then it ended with a beatles riff and i was like what the <laughs> f- is this? 
<laughs> I couldn't believe, like me. I'm not kidding. My producer and I were crying. It was so funny and it was so repetitive <laughs> that it got funnier every time he did it in the chorus. I'm going to find it and I'm going to send it to you guys Please because do. it is so, I need to find it. I just thought of that now. But yeah, there's a lot of memories with Wendell. I, I love that guy. That's great. Danielle Bourgeau, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show with us this week. And uh, we are so stoked that, you know, professionally you're nailing it, you're rocking it, and your home life is is awesome right now. And we're just, we we couldn't have been happier for you. So, and thank you so much for uh, sharing all of those amazing stories. You and Scotty geeking out over Nashville. (laughs) Yeah, Scotty, when are we going to write? You say the word. I'll come and hang out uh, by your front yard campfire. Let's do it. Okay. I'll Done. give him your number. <laughs> I got an RV so you can camp out in it. Actually. Perfect. That'll be great. Actually, uh, Callie should be back in December too, so we could uh, we could do a three way if you want. Oh yeah, she's she said I like couches, so yeah, you guys can totally come. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. Can I just come and sit and drink wine? <laughs> yeah, um, sure. Yes, okay. absolutely. We're gonna need a babysitter anyway, so that works out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All this reminiscing. I need to go have a beer. Me Good too. girl. Say hi to Chad. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, Danielle. Okay, you guys and your Nashville stories. Hilarious. <laughs> that was so much fun. And you know what? I've only ever been able to go to Nashville. Uh, I had the opportunity to go to Nashville during like high tourist season, you know, with right. CMA Fest and whatever. So I think that, uh, you know, once the, you know, the craziness of the world uh, slows down. We're going to need to take a trip. I'll tell you what. We'll go down to Nashville in like in January when the industry is shut down. And it's just it's so much fun when there's not a lot of like big stuff happening. And Nashville is just Nashville. It is truly its own beast. And Danielle, you're coming with us. <laughs> It'll be crazy. It'll be off the chain, as the kids say. <laughs> let's let's talk socials. <laughs> you know where to find us. We are at the show on the go. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, shoot us a message. If there's somebody that you'd like to see on the show, let us know about it. We will do our best to get them on. And uh, if you have any questions for those people, fire those off as well. Don't forget, Season 3 is dressed in unison blue. And if you'd like to support the Unison Benevolent Fund, which supports musicians in Canada, not just musicians, but the music industry as a whole in Canada during times of crisis, you can do that by opening up your text message app and texting the word Unison to 45678. It's a truly excellent cause. And uh, if you love music and you live in Canada, you should probably do that. He's Scotty Kipfer. She's Amy House. Welcome to the show.